Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ Branson and Mike Rogerson. Hey there. The New Jersey Devils. Raji, when I think about the Devils, I'm curious if there are better days ahead. Kind of uh, secondary question, like what are the expectations this season? Like, Imagine yourself as a Devils fan. And if you can do that, like what do you expect out of the Devils this year? I, I can't imagine myself as a Devils fan. But looking through the players... To sum up my thought on the whole team, I think is pretty solid team, but they don't have a superstar. I mean, they they seem to have like fantasy wise. There's several people on the team I'd actually consider getting that are are pretty cool, like middle of the road guys. But I I don't see them having any like huge breakout guys or any anyone going in the first couple of rounds. That's for sure. Yeah, not yet. I mean, Hughes could work his way there one day. He sure. I'm not sure he ever has that kind of ceiling, but. Let's go top five. I got. I don't. I don't even know if there's an order to this. It's exactly what I mean. It's like there's a whole clump of. You're all, you're all right. <laughs> yeah. So at least for this episode, I wouldn't take too much consideration into how at least I talk about my top five. They're all pretty much in the same tier for me. Uh, so first up, chronologically, is Kyle Palmieri. He's super solid. He's got the bangs. He's got power play points. I don't think there's anybody coming for that top right wing spot just yet. And where I'm at with Kyle Palmieri is, you know, he's a power play guy. And that's kind of what I get from him. You're going to get pims if you're playing in that kind of league and, and hits too. So I like I like Palmieri. Where are you at with him? I wrote down he's just Mr. Dependable. He's had Hall. He's not had Hall. He's kind of been through it all. And you look at his numbers and they're just always the same. You know, 25, 30 goals. Quite a few hits for a forward, but not crazy. You know, good blocks for a forward. If you have things like you know takeaways and that, he's pretty good. He's just kind of a, a pretty good, solid bet. Yeah. So going to your comment, like looking at these last two years, there's so much that's almost exactly the same. Goals 27 to 25 in a shortened season, 23 assists to 20. Points went down by five, plus minus whatever. Pims are 40-ish, so two-thirds every game or whatever power play is almost spot it is spot on 11 goals seven assists in both years like well look at this check this one out here in the last five years he's had 11 power play goals four out of the five years (laughs) 11 yeah so he's pretty consistent across the board yeah and and people people always forget about him too he's always that's what's nice later than you think and he's always like 45 to 50 points it rides pretty heavily on whether or not he plays the full season. He had 44 in 62 in 17, 18. I mean, that can be said with anybody. Like, you play a full season, you get more points. That's the way it goes. 45 and 65. So it's like a 45 point floor, 55 point ceiling. I mean, you're right, Mr. Dependable. You'll get a good amount of hits out of him, and power play points are there. He's got the ceiling for shots, too, like 224 last year. That's That's not bad at all. The other, for sure, to go along with him is is Heischer. Um, yeah, for I sure. think line wise, I mean, they only have one good right winger, and they only really have one one C. So, I think those two guys are pretty much stapled together. And Heischer is almost the same thing, but in a center, he's just solid across the board. I think he's like he's a better real life player than than fantasy, but I think he's still a decent fantasy pick. I keep getting the feeling that one of these years he's just going to blow up. Fifty two points in his inaugural season, then forty seven in sixty nine, then thirty six in fifty eight. Like all of these kind of feel like fifty to sixty point years. 
Anyway, <laughs> I like Heischer too. Yeah, he's he's good. His shooting percentage has been within one percent for his whole career. Like he's been ten and eleven uh, all three years. His shots are almost exact same shot pace, almost the exact same point pace. Yeah, he just seems to be like Paul Mary center. <laughs> and I can't help but think that the breakout's kind of on the way. He's got one of those airs about him that it just feels like the breakout's coming. Like, I'm looking at the the shots per 60 here. They're not that impressive. Points per 60 right around the same, too. Like, everything's pretty steady, and he's getting a ton of minutes, too. So, like, I still don't think we've seen Heischer's final gear. There's nothing outside of that fishy fourth-year thing that Dauber talks about that kind of points to a breakout. I think maybe we're looking at, like, a 65-point guy. Yeah, I think the only thing that could change is, say, like if Hughes ends up on the line with those guys and he has his breakout. Maybe there's a bit of magic that happens there, but the thing with Heischer, I think, is like his floor is so high. That's good, yeah. I don't see him just like dropping off the planet or anything, whereas like, you know, kind of the way that Hughes did last year versus expectations where it was just like so much lower than anybody thought. Um, he sure, I think, is in in good form, no matter what. So that's going to bring us to Jack Hughes, who he, I mean, he tried a little bit at, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me finish. Like, I know that kind of sounded shady and everything, but I'll finish here. Um, he tried at center and then spent most of the year at wing uh, alongside he sure. I kind of think he's going to stick at wing, um, whether or not yeah. that actually winds up happening. We'll see. But right now I'm kind of thinking like Hughes, he sure, and Paul Mary, and eventually like, Colts, that's going to be a solid fucking line. So where he sure, even with Taylor Hall, like 52 points in your rookie year for he sure was pretty, pretty solid. Um, we were hoping for more in the second year when he was playing with Hall. Maybe he's just like one of those guys that really needs somebody else on his line. So who, who's to say that Jack Hughes can't be that guy. And when Jack Hughes, I've heard his ceiling is like around a hundred points, but I mean, one year, one year in the league and 21 and 61, We'll see. Like, I know the hype is there, and he's a really good he's a good player. I think he'll flirt with point per game, probably touch 85, but 100, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. But, again, I've only seen the kid one year. Yeah, he uh, obviously last year, I mean, we could shit on him all day. He, got, he way underperformed, but I think it wasn't necessarily he's that bad. I think a large part of that was he was just so overhyped. The the him and Kako thing was just, they were just like, these two guys, here we go. It's like <laughs> Eichel and Matthews or something coming in. It's just, they didn't live up to that. But I think Hughes will, will progress this year. I don't I don't think he's a total like piece of shit. No, um, and I'm not trying to call him a bust or anything either. So I just want that to be said. Like um, the, that whole business with the US NTDP, you know, that doesn't happen often. I think it has never happened before, so... Jackie Hughes, he's got the he's got the pedigree, and I'm not going to discount that at all. But from what I saw last year and what New Jersey kind of has in the pipe, if 100 points is in the tank, I don't know. Right now, I mean, for that top line left wing spot, he's a yeah. Could, it's him, unless I mean, if he totally tanks, they might try Gusev up there. Or I don't where that's it really. Um, so he doesn't have a ton of competition. So he, I think he's going to have a an improved season over last year. But I don't see him jumping like you know improving by like thirty points or anything like that. I think he'll improve by like you know fifteen maybe. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's not bad progression for one year too. So one of the biggest questions I got about the New Jersey Devils new head coach Lindy Ruff coming in, kind of throwback coach there, but there's still coaches out. Like 
like uh, Gerard Gallant, I think, is still out there. Mike Babcock is kind of hiding in the shadows. Uh, but anyway, it's Lindy Ruff. And from what I've heard, he likes his veterans. So do you think we're going to see P.K. Subban back on the top unit? Oh, jeez. No, I don't, actually. And you know what? Next on my list is Damon Severson who I was looking at him compared to Subban and their numbers are close or Severson's better per 60 in that, but he's five years younger and 5 million a year less. So I don't really see the need. Like Subban is what he is. He has the contract he has, you know, he's, they're stuck with him. Like why push him when they have a guy who's already kind of better than him and going to be around longer. So one thing I liked though about Lindy Ruff, he, he's, he's old school for sure, but he did have some, some pretty good offense when he was uh, forever in Buffalo. Hmm. He was a bit of a high flying coach at times. So I don't think he's going to hurt the offense by any means. I think they just need some stability is what they needed. I think that's going to help be all these guys. Like Jack Hughes, I wanted to say that, you know, one of the things I don't like about him is that outside of ceiling, he literally brings nothing to the table. There's no hits. He's trash at faceoffs from what I'm seeing, like 36% last year. Always something you work on for sure. But, you know, the hits, the blocks, the shots, I think we're at like two. So Hughes isn't there too much. But if Lindy Roth comes in, like you're saying about this high fly on offense, that could be a pretty solid, pretty solid fit. I'm, I'm still torn. On this P.K. Subban, Damon Severson possibility on who gets the top power play unit. And I think long term, it's not Damon Severson. No, I don't think so. (laughs) It's probably going to be Ty Smith. So that's kind of why I think Subban is a perfect like bookmark, a perfect stopgap in the meantime. Like he's had the experience. I know Damon Severson, like you're saying, he's he's pretty much the same player rate sets wise and stuff. But P.K. Subban has a ceiling that I don't think Damon Severson can even see. So I think maybe... You know, if Ty Smith is going to come halfway through the season or it's going to be next year, why would you bother developing David Severson? I guess you could argue like that makes your second power play unit better down the road and everything. But if you're just trying to win games, I think it's going to be P.K. Subban. It's going to be interesting to see, though. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, there's actually been a quite a bit of uh, press about P.K. Subban. Usually, I mean, as usual, I right. should say. He's always kind of loud and around. He finds out <laughs> uh, where it just is. Looking at their... Uh, Stats side by side. Yeah, they're super close between Severson and Subban based on last year anyways. I mean, Severson had twice as many power play points. Their hits are the same. Their blocks are the same. In defensive stats, like giveaways and takeaways, Severson's actually quite a bit better. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't think, like, who cares either way, really. But, like, would you, even with a bounce back, would you be down for Subban? Or do you see him being, like, the $9 million undrafted guy? I think he's going drafted in all of our dynasties here. You know, some guys need to hit the cap floor or whatever it is. I might take a swing on him next year. The only reason I'm going to take a swing on him is because I think other people are going to take a swing on him. Like, he's either going to be a late-round draft pick or a streamer. And I think in, in my pool's... I don't think he'll make it to the waiver wire. You know what I mean? So I yeah. might as well be the guy that drops him rather than somebody else. You could maybe take a swing at him as like if you have a deep bench or just like as a last D. Yeah. See, because yeah, you're right. He could have a, his upside is, I mean, he's he's still PK Subban. High he's risk, high incredible. reward. And I mean, worst case scenario, if it's like a 14th, 15th round pick, if you're in a 16 rounder, like what do you have to lose? That's that's one of your streamer spots anyway, in my opinion. So who do you got filling out your top five here? Well, I the, it was a huge question mark, but Gusev. For sure. I think so, too. Uh, you know, I mean, he, 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 he got better. He actually improved quite a bit 
the whole team kind of improved actually last year towards the end, and he seemed to get better. Very little time on ice. He seemed to produce when he was out there. So they have a new coach and stuff. So depending on how he gets used, he could he could come through. That's one thing that I think might play against him. When I remember Lindy Ruff, I remember him in Dallas with like that ladder defense, they called it. So I wonder if Gusev not being uh, the best defensive kind of player is going to hurt him at all. But here's one thing that many might not know. In Gusev's final 46 games, he had 36 points. He had a, there you go. Like two shots a game, shot at 7.3%. Like you said, only averaging like 1530, right, kind of right around there. Here, let's, uh, I'm going to look at his final 20 games, 15 points. So yeah, three points every four games, that kind of thing. Not bad. Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad. But like you're saying, like, I mean, if that's, that's the way he continues, that's really close to Paul Mary, who we had yeah. at first. That's kind of New Jersey. <laughs> it's like just the clump yeah. of forwards. You know who he- perfectly fits like this analogy? It's, it's every single player on New Jersey. Like they have kind of. High floors, rather, like 50 points and then low ceilings. And that's kind of where New Jersey is, too. Is like there's not really any superstars yet until Hughes gets there. But, you know, everybody's kind of in this San Jose, Montreal area of like your best point scorer is going to be like 65 points. Yeah, it seems so. You know, speaking of other people, though, one other guy who I've taken in a couple of dynasty leagues who he only played a few games but looked really good was uh, Nick Merkley mm-hmm. um, as a guy maybe maybe coming up uh was there any other do you see any other folks coming along for them Jasper Bratt got good shots per 60 I think you know when looking at New Jersey at the present moment before any of their prospects come in Jasper Bratt's kind of the fifth most valuable forward in New Jersey but then again if you're looking at like Jasper Bratt guys then you already know Jasper Bratt because your league is deep enough uh let's talk about Andreas Janssen man I think as we've kind of mentioned here Jasper Bratt being you know that second right wing right now maybe that's the spot that Andreas Janssen could fit I don't think that's the way it's going to be I think Palmieri and Brat have him beat on the right side and then you got Hughes and Gusev on the left side if Hughes moves to center I think Andreas Janssen could worm his way into the top six but as it stands right now I kind of have him on the third line so I think if anything it's a streaming option and if it's a streaming option you probably get somebody like Jesper Brat for for better value yeah, it was. It's an interesting choice because Janssen. I don't know what they ended up having to pay him, but I think it was just a pick. It was. It was a. Uh, it was like a cap favor to Toronto. So I think. It, right. I think it was just a pick. I can't remember what went. Actually, no, it was uh, Joey Anderson. I think he's somewhat unproven. I mean, he was. He's fine, but yeah, like you said, even the top six is is pretty laid out for New Jersey. So Janssen's probably stuck down there and. When it comes to like power play time and that, I know there's a lot of choices ahead of him, so I don't I don't see him doing much. I think if anything, what what they need is a, a second line center if it's not going to be Hughes. So yeah, anyways, I don't see yeah I don't see Janssen being too exciting for anything. And the off season's not over too, so we'll see if there is a second line center to be had or if maybe Jack Hughes gets another look there. Uh, I had Will Butcher on here, but underneath that, I just wrote nope. So yeah, thanks. <laughs> just wanted to remind everybody that don't. Draft, don't touch Will Butcher because fuck that guy. My favorite stat about Will Butcher here is uh, he had a year in which he, he shot, not Butch Schaefer, I need Will Butcher. I'm trying to get the, the stats here. Will Butcher had like 88 shots on goal. Here we go. 88 shots on goal, 239 
shot attempts. He's just, he's a friggin' loose cannon, has like no accuracy whatsoever. He's just firing the puck, not even looking, head down, no idea where the fucking net is. And somehow he shot 6%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with Subban and and uh, Severson ahead, there's yeah. no thank you. <laughs> no thank you. No thanks, Will um, You know who I do like, though, is like Miles Wood. He's, he's a banger. He's decent. Yeah, he's he fights a lot. He fights a lot. If those stats apply, then he's he's fun to pick up every now and then. I don't. I know he's not going to be drafted. So what do you got on the goalies? I think uh, we're at a point where we can move on from their forwards. Goalies, they're a good candidate for the cliche of bringing in a veteran to train the young guy. You know, mentor uh, with Crawford coming in. Because uh, they do have Blackwood, who seem to be promising. But what I was actually thinking about is Crawford's a really good type of mentor because he's won the cup, you know, so you got to listen to the guy. He obviously knows what's up. But then at the same time, in the last couple of years, he also knows what it's like to be a great goalie playing well on a piece of shit team. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. So I think he is almost a perfect mentor for the situation that Blackwood's going to be in for a year or two. It's pretty close to, to what I had written here. I think this is it's a pretty good tandem, and I think they're both wildly yeah. underrated. To your point, like Crawford's coming from a place where they had little to no defensive system in place. And I think, I think this is going to be a pretty sneaky tandem. They're both going to outplay their environments. I mean, the environment shouldn't be terrible. It's not going to be good, but it, there's going to be like little defensive support and little to no offensive support. Crawford came from like Chicago, which had one of the worst defensive systems. He put up a 917 goal saved above average of 15.77, which is the best of his career. Easy. He wildly played, outplayed his environment. Blackwood, same deal. Outperformed the New Jersey defense, bailed him out, put up a 915 and 47 games played. Between the two of these guys, they have a 58% quality start ratio if you take last year's stats into account here. So I, I think they have a pretty good net, and I wouldn't mind having either of these two. You could probably get them at a pretty solid discount in uh in redraft leagues, man. Like I know Blackwood's going pretty high in our dynasty experience this past summer, but I think, you know, in redrafts, they're not gonna look at Blackwood. They're not gonna think about the stats. They're gonna see New Jersey and they're gonna think, no thank you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think it's it's gonna stay close to a tandem. I could see like depending on how Blackwood does, right? I think that's pretty much what'll determine the, the deployment between the two. Like I think it'll be somewhere around sixty forty, but it could be in either direction. Like if Blackwood's mm -hmm. going well, they'll they'll keep developing him, but if he's struggling, they are comfortable just letting Crawford ride for a while. They don't have to worry about that at all because i mean he's obviously still capable so i got this one like, i think it's going to be great i think it's going to be right around 50 50 man like like you're saying yeah. it's just going to be riding the hot hand and there are going to be points where i think they're going to have to like maybe blackwood comes off two two hard fought games where he just didn't put up the right numbers i think they're still going to put him out there they want him to shake that off because you see guys like shane goss's bear who who have this monkey on their back and instead of letting the kid go out and score goals and get the monkey off the monkey just keeps getting bigger and shit like that so outside of nick merkley who we talked about and is not ryan merkley like i thought in the, in one of the last episodes here <laughs> um easy to confuse they got the same last name let's talk about some of their other prospects my favorite alexander holtz man this kid now this is not like a projection or any of that shit but he reminds me kind of of like a victor arvidson it's all shots it's all goals and the kid's a freaking bulldog he could have a much higher ceiling than arvidson but that's just that's the vibe 
that I'm getting from Holtz here is, is he's a goal scorer and he's, he's a shot producer. So he's going to be a really, really good ad next to Heesha or Hughes in a couple of years. And he's going to be a good compliment to either or both. If, if Hughes and Heesha wind up being like a one, two on the first line. Yeah. I mean, that there's going to be a spot there. I mean, that sounds like a nice top line in in three, three to four years kind of thing. I think that'll be all well-timed if Hughes is a little bit more experienced. And he sure seems like he's just a steady, steady Eddie up the middle and Palmieri will be time to send a mosey on down the lineup around <laughs> that time too. But I mean, he's, is he playing this year or no? No, I don't think he'll play in the NHL this year. They might give him a cup of coffee, but I, I'm not sure what like his minors situation is, whether he's playing overseas. If anybody knows, please chirp me on Twitter at a FHF Hockey. Let me know what's going on with Holtzy there. Seems to be a lot being announced and dates for different uh, minor leagues and that starting to, to show up. So I'm sure all the all that stuff will slowly work itself out. Yeah, NHL is just dead quiet too, so we'll see. Dawson Mercer is kind of one of my next favorites here. He's a good two-way presence. I think he's going to be a good fit in the top six. He's got good offense and good defense. So there's a good chance he's going to be in the middle six. He can he can play that, that second-line center spot that is apparently going to be open when Pavel Zaka and Travis Zajac wind up on their way out. Ty Smith, I think, is going to be a really good fit on their power play. He's been projected almost like a like a Shane Gostas bear, where he's really good on the defense. He's a great offensive mind. I guess ceiling somewhere in the 65-point range, because that's kind of where Gostas bear wound up that one year. So let's hope that Ty Smith brings all the good things about Shane Gostas bear and none of the downtimes. Yeah, you got yourself off the hook there, because you said Gostas bear several times, and you know how I feel about that. I wouldn't wish that on young Mr. Smith here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he seems to be pretty highly touted and looking like he could do it. Do they have any any other young goalies coming up that are worthwhile? I don't think so. Sen Giles or Giles Sen. I forget which one is his first name, but uh, he's not really, he's not top of the list. And they just drafted uh, Nico Dawes. So I think Dawes is right now top of the totem pole as far as goalies go, but I wouldn't be surprised if New Jersey has a goalie high on their draft list going into next year. Maybe somebody like Wallstead. So if they can land him, that would be a good fit. Yeah, they're good for a couple of years as they stand. Yeah, I mean, Blackwood's young, and all they got to do is fill out that backup position for a couple of years. So. Uh, that's, that's everybody I had for Jersey. Um of you know, m- moving our way up the list from of teams from the bottom to the top. This is the first team where I've had a couple of players I've actually wanted to talk about. <laughs> Do you see anybody as like a value pick? Do you think that Blackwood could fall as far as ADP goes? Like you're going to get good stats for the price if you can get him after the goalie run if he's forgotten about or something like that. Yeah, we've had so many dynasties, and Blackwood's actually probably even been drafted maybe a little too high. People are really high on him for dynasties. But in redrafts, he might fall. But I almost think, I almost feel like Hughes will probably go high still on his name, but I think almost all the other guys are going to be good value. Like Palmieri never seems to go high, never gets the respect. He sure, same thing. And Severson, like I didn't even really think twice about him till I looked at his stats and I was like he's actually fine you know so I, I think just kind of like some of these lower grade teams and everyone everyone I know I was the start of last year we all thought okay look at what New Jersey did oh my god and everyone yeah. got excited about Jersey last year and it was just like oh 
okay, we'll just like as a whole fantasy community take a mulligan on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a big gamble on Subban again. Like, like you said, you're on one side of the road, I'm on the other. So whoever gets that top power play spot, if you find yourself owning that guy, that's a pretty good value pick, I think. Uh, Andreas Janssen, I don't see that that path to the top six, so I don't think. Uh, he's going to be a value pick. I think you're going to be kind of salty picking him up. And Nikita Gusev, I got him there because he always gets slept on. So I'd be more than willing to draft him in, in points leagues. Or if you're in a cast league and you need late power play goals or shots on goals, but that's really the extent of what he brings. Yeah. Done deal. That is it for New Jersey. Thanks, guys, for tagging along with us, talking about the New Jersey Devils. Tomorrow we're going to be back with the Buffalo Sabres. A lot of stuff going on in Buffalo, man. Are they going to be the New Jersey of next year? Like, they bring in Taylor Hall, and there's all this hype going into it. I know they didn't stuff the cabinet like New Jersey did, but Taylor Hall is a big piece, so that's going to be fun talking about tomorrow. If you guys want to talk to us in the meantime, we are at FHF Hockey on Twitter, and you guys can join the Fantasy Hockey Discord if you want to hang out a little bit more. And if you guys are liking it, subscribe. If you're loving it, leave a review. That would be pretty sick. So until tomorrow, guys, we love you. Love you.